Before we begin, we'd like to invite you to check out the Pop Culture Preservation Society on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that allows artists and creators to earn a recurring income by providing rewards and perks to its subscribers. When you support the PCPS on Patreon, your donation goes directly to our operational expenses and keeps us from going broke at work. And in exchange, our supporters get bonus videos of our recordings, custom retro images to download and print, invitations to Zoom events with your hosts, and more. Patreon is our only source of income, and we thank you for helping us do this job we love. To learn more, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and put Pop Culture Preservation Society into the search bar. Thanks so much, and please enjoy the show. Frosty gets Frosty, married. Frosty, you don't get married. No. No. You don't need a wife. Right <laughs> you don't need a wife. She's, she's just going to melt. She's just going <laughs> to melt. <laughs> Hello world, it's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who still don't know the difference between Burgermeister Meisterburger and Mr. Heatmiser. That might just be me. (laughs) (laughs) We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will be saving the joy of a holiday TV special. From the giddy anticipation of these once-a-year TV treasures to the moments we watched them with sheer delight. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Growing up, one of my favorite days of the week during the holiday season was when the TV Guide insert would be in the newspaper, outlining the upcoming week's schedule of programming. You could find me Whoring over the black and white newsprint pages with a ballpoint pen looking for specials like Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and circling each and every holiday show that I planned to watch. It was crucial that we knew exactly when these programs would air because they were broadcast only once a year. You guys, we were the first generation to enjoy a Rankin and Bass holiday special and the last generation to have that joy confined to just one magical night a year. Think about it. We couldn't push pause and, like, go make a snack or go to the bathroom. We couldn't rewind the episode if somebody in our family talked over one of our favorite Mm -hmm. lines. You guys, it was that was it that night. Mm -hmm. And I kind of find it really sad that children will never again be able to experience that kind of joy. Yeah, it's a joy robber. You couldn't fast forward through the Bumble like we had to do with oh, um, yes. our daughters every year. So you had to just sit there with your hands over your eyes or run high on the couch. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely traumatized by the abominable snowman that was mm-hmm. Bumble. But I did yeah. learn how to say abominable. Oh, so that's that. very and you good. appreciated them mm-hmm. so much more because you know they would they would re- they would repeat every year. And not just the Rankin-Bass shows, but a lot of the um, animated, a lot of the variety shows. Mm -hmm. And you looked forward to them. Like, we got, we had anticipation and excitement at looking forward to something the next year. My girls watched Rudolph, Frosty, and Friends, or Rudolph, or whatever. They could watch that in April if they wanted, because we had it on, you know, a VHS. We watched it differently. I like to say that we almost 
savored it. Yes. Like totally. Just took in every moment. And it was from the shows to the commercials, all of that, because it was only that one time. So you even experience and watch the actual show, I think, differently because you couldn't do any of those things we just said. I mean, the 80s is when the VCR came out. So after that, you could record it, all of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. you just had to be in the moment. In the moment. Yes. That's exactly right. You had to be completely and utterly present. Nobody could make a sound. No. Don't talk during Rudolph. Right. Exactly. You just said a word, Carolyn, that that describes it perfectly. You said the experience of it. We experienced these shows. Mm -hmm. We didn't watch Mm -hmm. them. We experienced them, not just maybe by it was a big event that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is coming on Tuesday night, so we're going to make maybe have a special snack or we're going to get to have hot chocolate or whatever, but the experience of being scared at the Bumble Mm -hmm. or the Mm -hmm. experience of, oh, it's a commercial break. Run to the potty real quick. Go, 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 or go make more popcorn. (laughs) It was an experience unlike Um, We had later as older children or teenagers, because we were all coming of age in the 80s, right? Or Mm -hmm. that our kids had, for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we say um, about this podcast and about all these memories we have is that we were sharing the exact same thing at the exact same time. (laughs) And I'm not sure that there is anything that can beat the holiday special like Rudolph. Everybody was mm-hmm. watching right. that. I mean, we, you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of us watched Pinky Tuscadero and a lot of us wondered who shot JR, but I think you could say the majority of people that we knew and that we went to school with the next day were all watching that sh- those shows at the set. 100 mm-hmm. at the same moment. Yeah. yeah. And so mm-hmm. many parts of 100%. those shows have become pop culture references and not just for certainly for our generation. Um luckily, thankfully, I guess you could say the the other generations that came after us all have still watched those shows, mm-hmm. but we were the first, like you said, Carolyn, we were the first with Rankin Bass. So all of, and, and I would say like with the Grinch who stole Christmas and stuff, you know, we can stand around a Christmas tree and I'll sing, you know, da-hoo, 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 Christmas, Christmas. And uh-huh. I don't know, I just feel like it hits differently with our generation. Um, and like, you know, talking about a bumble, I mean, you could make the reference of a bumble or Yukon Cornelius. To anybody in our generation, regardless if it's Christmas or not, and we know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. I um, On all of my runs, I can honestly tell you I probably go through my head at least once or twice. Just put one foot in front (laughs) of the other, (laughs) and soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out. Or, or we've said, my husband and I still to this day, like when our girls were little and they'd first wake up, we would always go, happy birthday. You know, the frosty <laughs> reference, right? Right, right, exactly. And um, I don't know about you guys, but it wasn't only the TV shows that got us excited. There were some memorable holiday commercials too. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that my favorite, and to this day, Christmas, the Christmas season really didn't start until I saw Santa sledding on a razor. <laughs> For the Norelco commercials. And hearing that voiceover say, and even our name says Merry Christmas. Christmas is a time for closeness. And closeness is what Norelco razors are all about. The shiny new silver rotary razors in cord and rechargeable models with 36 blades, nine closeness settings, and no gotchas. And the ladybugs, the ladies' razors that really work. 
and the Ladybug Salon, a Ladybug razor plus 11 grooming attachments. Norelco, even our name says Merry Christmas. That was, and you know what? This it was so special to me that if my parents were watching TV and that commercial came on, they would like holler for me in the house, like, "Oh my God, the Norelco commercial!" (laughs) That's how important that was for me to mark. I can't picture it. Mine is this song is still stuck in my head and has been living there rent free for how many decades? Merry Christmas, Merry Merry Christmas from your Kmart Christmas store. Save on sweaters, save on hats, bowling balls and baseball bats. And it just keeps going. And then it's all the toys. And then it's at the end. Merry Christmas, Merry Merry Christmas from your Kmart Christmas store. remember, but the Kmart logo then was all like Christmas things. The letters were made out of Christmas things, like a tree and candy canes and stuff like that. Nutcracker. Was there a commercial of somebody putting McDonald's gift certificates into a stocking? Because why did this become a stocking stuffer? It had to come from somebody. It has to be. There's lots of folks you shouldn't forget. When giving McDonald's gift certificates. The paper boy who delivers through thick and thin. The lady who teaches your son violin. The barber who cuts your hair just right. The sitter who sat for you Saturday night. Say Merry Christmas with McDonald's gift certificates. Each costs 50 cents. And a book of 10 costs $5. At McDonald's, we do it all Yes, can we just talk about the McDonald gift certificates for a second? Yes, please. We could give them to the paper boy. You could give them to the babysitter. The teacher gift. The teacher, it right. Was a big, yes. That was a good gift. Yeah. It was a great gift. It was right up there with our Lifesaver storybooks. Oh, oh my God, the Lifesaver storybook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my Always stocking got that from Santa Mouse. Yep. year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loved that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember specific commercials for these stores, but these are just so 70s, 80s. There were always Christmas commercials for... Radio Shack for yep. stores like Hickory Farms always had a special Christmas mm-hmm. commercial. You again? Uh, I have some last-minute gift problems. Don't worry. Hickory Farms has over 100 gift packs. Gifts with mild cheddar cheese, smoky bar cheese. We are the super cheese market. Uh, yes, and Hickory Farms specialties like beef stick and sweet hot mustard. Oh, look, I'll just and... put myself in your hand. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. It's 14 L's. Mm-hmm. How many reindeer? Well, there's Dasher and Dancer and Dancer. Probably Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Yes, Toys, Toys R Us always had one. Yeah. I wanted Baby Alive so badly. I didn't get Baby Alive. I got Baby Tender Love. The ad showed a little girl feeding Baby Alive. And it was that ad that made my parents not buy me Baby Alive because the baby would like, it's like moving its mouth oh, and its tongue would yeah. push. And so my parents, whenever I asked for Baby Alive, they would look at each other and they would start imitating baby alive <laughs> and they'd move their mouths and they would stick their tongue out and i was just so angry 
the toy commercials started fast and furious, yes. like right around. Mm-hmm. I loved that about TV. The increase in toy commercials was so fun. <laughs> Listen to what Wasn't you it? just said. I love that about TV. The increase in toy commercials. Because yes. <laughs> they were fun to watch. <laughs> sure, we shot. We thought it was programming. We oh, didn't know they were trying to sell us things. Part of the experience. No. Yes. Again, it really mm-hmm. was. I loved that. Well, speaking of things I love, I think this might be my favorite episode Ever when it comes to research. Okay, you guys, listeners, wait till you hear what we ha- got to do, the work we put in <laughs> just right. so no. you can have a pleasurable listening experience. Um, because this episode today, we are going to be t- talking about some of our favorite holiday specials. And this is how we decided to choose those. I went on eBay a couple of weeks ago and bought six different December TV guide issues from the years of our Gen X childhood. We went through those and decided which programs we would choose to watch on each night of the week. So we circled and highlighted just like I did back in the day. And it was so exciting. It was so fun. Sometimes, (laughs) at least for me, the choices were easy. It was like, this is a no-brainer. But other times, not so much. And what did you do when two of your favorite holiday shows were on at the same time on two different networks? No VCR. Most of us had only one television, so Mm -hmm. what if mom and dad wanted to watch, you know, some drama, and we wanted to watch something different? What happened? Did you guys have an easy time, or was it difficult when you were making your choices? Um, It was interesting because there was the choice that I would make. There was the choices the original owner of the TV guide made, because (gasps) there are markings in my TV guide, the ballpoint pen. They put stars by things. Will you they tell put us which brackets? Ones? Sure, I'll tell you all of them. This person really likes nature programming. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not just about Chris. Keep in mind, it could be an adult who had it, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, you don't want to watch this? It, so that influenced me. I'm like, oh, but they want to watch this. What am I going to do? <laughs> so I think what I'm going to be doing when I make my choice, I'm going to have to tell you what the other choices were so you can see what a dilemma I yeah. had. <laughs> yeah, for, sure, for I, sure. I think I'll do that too. Mine overwhelmingly were easy because I, the years I chose were, I was really lucky in that I thought about how old I would have been. And e- mm-hmm. I had to really make sure and differentiate between, um, you know, nine-year-old Michelle and 54-year-old Michelle. Like, what <laughs> right. would I mm-hmm. choose now? Well, I want to watch that variety show. But I think I would have chosen this. So that made it pretty easy. This was so fun that we are definitely going to do this again. Coming Wednesday night, the Christmas classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. See Santa Claus and an incredible snow monster in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Merry Christmas! Wednesday at 8, 7, Central and here on CBS. Okay, so here's what we're going to do now. We're going to start on Saturday. Does that work for everybody? Yes, mm-hmm. everybody start on Saturday. It's a Saturday night, okay. and you have to choose what holiday special or what show you're going to watch on okay. that Saturday night. So we will start with Kristen. What are you watching okay. on Saturday night? You guys, this is going to be so awesome because... <laughs> At 10 p.m. on Channel 12, we will be watching the Oral Roberts Christmas is Love special. And I'm just going to read you the description here. Here's the thing about TV Guide. I learned so much. When you have a special, it will start the description by saying special colon. I mean, really, that's all (laughs) I need to know. Because you know it's going to have that do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-
Here's the description. Jerry Lewis, gospel singer Andre Crouch, Sigmund and the Sea Monster, and H.R. Puffin Stuff join Oral Roberts in a Yule celebration. <laughs> Wait, I'm actually surprised that Oral Roberts let like H.R. Puffin Stuff on. Oh, that know. seems like kind of satanic or something. It's a little satanic. I thought they always had like kind of Christian-y people on. Yeah. I well, mean, we don't know that, that H.R. Puffin Stuff isn't a Christian. What I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like known for their Christian Artistry. Well, there must have been a meeting where they're like, how do we get the kids to watch? Yep. What if we had, what if we invited Sigmund and the Sea Monster? I have to try to find that. Yes. On YouTube you guys, or something. It was so funny. And here's the other thing about TV Guide is they will list for you the songs that are in right. each special. Mm-hmm. So in this special, the message is love is the greatest gift. Music. Sweet little Jesus boy. And what did you say was the baby's name? <laughs> Which... Yeah, walking around the house just going, what was his name? <laughs> so this this show was just like your Christmas program at church. It was no better. It was no worse. <laughs> and when Mrs. Oral Roberts, I think it was Mrs. Oral Roberts, I don't actually know. She starts the finale with this very dramatic reading from the Bible. And she looks exactly, exactly, I can't emphasize this enough, exactly like Jesse's wife, Amber, from The Righteous Gemstones. So much so that there is no way that Amber is not modeled after this woman. Oh, there oh, is yeah. no way. Yes, I bet she is, yeah. Wait, can it you is crazy. stop? I'm really kind of loving the fact that you went and found this episode <laughs> of Oral Roberts, whatever, Jesus. Uh-huh, Christmas is, is love. About Christmas <laughs> is love. And you watched it. And there's this big medley of very serious religious songs at the end. All of these choirs and Oral Roberts and Mrs. Oral Roberts and all of these choir kids come out. And just at the crescendo of Joy to the World, that's when Sigmund and the Sea Monster and H.R. Puff and stuff come back out that stage. And they stand next to the Oral Robertses. I just about lost my teeth. You guys, it's just like, it's this very serious moment. And they here they come in their Croft Super Show. Like waddling out. Yes, like, like waddle out. And poor H.R. Puffin stuff doesn't know where to stand. And he's got his big hamburger head. And he's just like turning like, do I stand here by Mrs. Oral Roberts? Do I stand here? And nobody, everybody's just singing this very serious song as if H.R. Puffin stuff and Sigmund and the Sea Monster are, there. are not there. Okay. Yeah. Right. He, they're just acting like it's normal. I think oh we God, should just end our episode <laughs> right now. I don't think you can get any more no. 70s Gen X so weird awesome. combination. I kind of <laughs> want a t-shirt with that image on it of Oral yes. Roberts, Mrs. Oral Roberts, yes. Sigmund, and and H.R. Puffin and stuff. And H.R. Puffin like, stuff. On an iron-on like, from the t-shirt shack. You know what? You might just be getting a fun Christmas gift. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you find this on YouTube? I did. Mm-hmm. It's going. It'll go in the weekly, weekly reader. reader. Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. If, just that if moment. You are not we'll just subscribe. That moment. Yes, we're here. This is Sigmund the and HR Puff and stuff. Joy to the world. Was Johnny oh, Whitaker? Did Johnny Whitaker? No, come? there's no Johnny. It's just Sigmund all by himself. So I don't know if he had a chaperone or or what. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> HR Puff and Stuff was his chaperone. Oh, HR Puff and Stuff said, I'll pick you up at six for Oral Roberts. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's Oh, fantastic. my gosh. I don't think we can top it. I think you're right, Carolyn. That's it. I think Show's over. I think this is over. You all, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> it's time to raise a glass for a toast. Michelle, 
I know it's a hard act to follow, but what I are do. you going to be watching on Saturday? You know, I'm so boring now. So this is Saturday, December 16th, 1978. Little Michelle is nine years old. And at 8 p.m., it's a no-brainer on CBS. I'm watching How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, right? hell yes. Right? I mean, really. And it's up against Welcome Back, Cotter, but um, <laughs> nine-year-old Michelle is choosing is Grinch. Choosing Grinch. Now, at 8.30, because if you remember, Grinch is one of those quick 30-minute ones. Mm-hmm. At 8.30 on CBS is a show that I would have watched, but I don't remember it. And so I'd love to know if you all remember this or listeners, if you remember this, send us a DM, um, you know, send a, a pigeon. I don't know how you get in touch with us. <laughs> Email, DM, voicemail. It's called The Tiny Tree. And the description in TV Guide says, a story of love and loyalty in which a crippled girl befriends a tiny pine tree and its circle of animal companions. Touched by her kindness, the woodland creatures come up with a plan to ensure that the girl has a happy Christmas. It does sound like something that I would have watched, but for some reason it didn't take. Right. Right? It doesn't, something didn't stick. Mm -mm. And it's certainly not one that Mm -mm. kept, you know, repeating or anything. And then switching to my next TV Guide, which would be Saturday, December 20th, 1980, Now little Michelle is 11. I probably would have chosen at 8 p.m. There was a Christmas episode of WKRP in Cincinnati, and it's like a fantasy Christmas carol episode. That's what I would have chosen out of my 1980 TV guide for Saturday. How about you, Carolyn? Well, my pickings were kind of slim in mine, and so I had to pick, unfortunately, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. No. Lame. Lame. Not a fan. Okay, I'm just going to say this right now. No sequels, okay? We do not need a sequel to the OG. We've got Rudolph. Leave it there. I do not need Rudolph to be saving the whole world from New Year's because we've lost baby New Year. Like this little half-naked baby (laughs) thing that's running around. I did not like that baby thing. No, No. I did not either. I didn't like it. Leave well enough alone, Yeah, agreed. It was like unbelievable. Now I know you might say the actual Rudolph. There's a lot you could argue that is unbelievable. But for some reason, Rudolph's shiny new year, I just didn't buy it. Yeah, that's another example like the tiny tree. It didn't take. It just didn't take. I am really glad we're all in agreement because that would be tough <laughs> to continue this podcast if one of us was very pro-thing. What if that was one of your favorites? Oh my god. Somebody goodness. out there, you guys, somebody likes this okay. show. Well, and you know what? We good for you. <laughs> Good for yeah, you. right. You're welcome here, but just All don't invite us over to watch it. We're not watching we're it. Not we're going to be over talking in the corner, eating right. cheese making ball. fun of you. Mm-hmm. Olivia Newton-John and special guest Valerie Harper are spending Christmas in the Rockies with John Denver. It's the one place your family should be this holiday season. John Denver, Rocky Mountain Christmas. Tomorrow at 9, 8 Central and Mountain on ABC. So now it's Sunday. For me, it's Sunday, December 21st, 1975. And I find this very interesting. The Here was a show that was, I'm not choosing this show. I'm just letting you know that it was on. Um, this was on during the day. It was on at noon on Channel 4. This is not a primetime show. And you can watch Merv Griffin and the Christmas Kids. And this is what it says in the TV Guide. Christmas melodies fill the air when Merv celebrates the holidays with child stars Rodney Allen Rippey. <laughs> Ricky. Wait, who was the Ricky. second one? Ricky Siegel from the Partridge Family. Oh, yeah. He was the cousin Oliver on the Partridge Family. Right. Eric Scott and Mary McDonough from the Waltons. Kim Richards from Escape from Witch Mountain. And the Robert Mitchell Boys Choir. 
That's during the day. That's Wait, a daytime Rodney special. Rodney Allen Rippey. That sounds so You don't familiar. remember Rodney, Rodney, Rodney yeah, Allen Rippey was so uh, famous. Yeah, the name and is he really was, familiar. Tell me what he was. He's this little African-American boy with this tiny little, like maybe yeah. one-inch yeah, 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 afro. Yeah, yeah. And I yes. think he started out in a Burger King commercial. But he's like a little mini adult, kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was very precocious. Yeah. And he was super, super cute and funny. And so then he became a star, kind of like a Kardashian, where like he wasn't really famous for what he did. He was famous because he was funny and cute. So yeah, you could see him on Merv Griffin and the Christmas Kids. But the thing that I'm going to be watching, you guys, on December 21st is at 8 p.m. on Channel 7. It's the holiday episode of The Share Show. (gasps) Yes. Yes. So this would have been, it's 1975, and it's not the Sonny and Cher show. It's just the Cher show. So this would have been after Sonny and Cher divorced and their show went off the air. So this is the Cher era. Just Cher. Mm -hmm. And this is the description. Christmas is celebrated with guests Red Fox, the Lennon sisters, the Hudson brothers, and Chaz. Of course, I didn't say Chaz back then, um, but I love that he gets billing in this episode as a real performer, even though he was like seven years old and not really a performer at all. But people loved it when Chaz came on the show. Mm -hmm. They loved that. So um, he gets billing. Um, And then it goes on to describe all of the sketches. This is the beauty of TV Guide. Red, as Elmer the Elf, describes the gifts for those on Santa's VIP list and appears as a judge on a case against St. Nick, who's accused of disturbing the peace on Christmas Eve. Other spots include a spoof of the Traveler's Checks commercials, a sketch about the complaint department overflowing with unwanted (laughs) gifts. When do you realize that the complaint department is customer service? When did we start saying customer service? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Some rebranding. The complaint department Mm -hmm. did not like their image. But here's the best part of the show. And the Lennon sisters singing Jingle Bells with foreign accents. <laughs> what? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even specify what kind. No, because no, they're going to mix it up. And also why? Uh, right. That's a really good question. Maybe because somebody was like, I can do a really good accent. Do you want to hear it? And then somebody else said, oh, yeah, I can do a British accent. Oh, yeah. Well, I can do an Australian. And then it, they're like, hey, you guys, this is a super funny sketch. Well, I want to find that episode because I want to see if that was a bit like a sketch, like you said. Or Oh, don't worry. Just... I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> was it supposed to be funny? Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be funny. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to picture the people that work for TV Guide writing these descriptions because what I'm thinking so is they earnestly. get an advanced yeah. viewing mm-hmm. of these shows. Yep. And is this like a really low level job? Like you have to write these? Is this an intern? Is this like a coveted job? Because I'm sorry, you know, it seems really lame to just write the Lennon sisters sing in. It's vi- it's almost too earnest and too straightforward. There's no cleverness. There's no turn of a phrase. It's very they're saying it's like a list. It's right. a bulleted list of what what is in each episode, including, like I said, the songs. So the songs listed in the TV guide are "Here Comes Santa Claus" by the Hudson Brothers, "Star Carol" by the Lennon Sisters, uh, "Silent Night" by All, and "Some Children See Him." By Cher, which resulted in me trying to do my best Cher impression in the kitchen. Because that seemed like such an inappropriate song for Cher. And I was like, some people see him. <laughs> which obviously I cannot imitate Cher at all, but I was trying all night. Some children see him. <laughs> so someone said that this holiday special, like in an in a review, was awkward but worthwhile. And 
I have to agree. There is no way that Red Fox showed up for rehearsal. I'm just telling you that right now. (laughs) And they must have done it in one take because there are these weird, awkward silences, like nobody knows their lines. And at one point, one of the props like falls over and they just like look at it. And then, but nobody, there's no like cut. They just let it fall down. It feels a little bit like a high school play. Like you only have the auditorium for one night and the typing (laughs) teacher is the director. And and the stars didn't make any sense. The Hudson Brothers were, they're good variety show material. They were kind of fun and goofy and prepared. They showed up for a rehearsal. <laughs> but the Lennon sisters had this very intense Lawrence Welk vibe. No wonder my grandma loved these oh, women so my much. Parents they were loved like, the Lennon oh, sisters. they loved the Lennon sisters. But next to Cher, they were like nuns. It did not work. Yeah. They look like all of our moms. And I don't know about you, but I wanted my mom to look like Cher. That's what I wanted. I was just going to say that none of the guests really sound like they should be on a Cher Christmas special. (laughs) They sound like they should be on the Oral Roberts Christmas (laughs) special. So, you know, and then you have Red Fox. So Cher has said that she was not comfortable doing the show by herself, that it was overwhelming. And you can kind of tell. She didn't really (laughs) let loose at all. She's the most comfortable doing her improvised segment with Chaz. And they have this very unscripted mother-child moment when she's asking Chad what he wants for Christmas. And he's always, if you recall on the show, kind of like deer in the headlights, (laughs) which is very endearing. And I think that's actually what people liked about having him on the show. So he says that he wants a new racing car set and a Planet of the Apes treehouse and some Planet of the Apes men. So the best part of the show was the part that I thought would be the funniest, which is Cher singing Some Children See Him. It's a great song for her. It's kind of sultry and melancholy. I mean, I guess can a Christmas carol be sultry? I guess not. Okay, I take that back. But it's kind of melancholy and deep, and she's completely surrounded by poinsettias. It is just perfect. And I just... I think I I think we have a drinking game on our hands because I think that this new drinking game should be singing Christmas carols in your best share voice. Because sometimes it works and sometimes it just does not. Like at the top mm-hmm. of the show, she went from White Christmas a la Cher. She's all like wrapped in furs. White Christmas. I really can't do Cher. But this is the way I want White Christmas sung forevermore. It was so, again, sultry. <laughs> Yes, but it was so good. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Okay, so on Sunday, December 21st, I would have been watching absolutely even at 11 years old, 12, 13, 14, on CBS at 7 p.m. the year without a Santa Claus. And that's oh, one of the ones oh, you that's an hour. Them. And that's Heat Miser and Freeze Miser. I love, love, love that special. That might be my very favorite Rankin-Bass special. I would also say that that is my favorite, except for the fact that the other one that I get it mixed up with, which is Santa Claus is Coming, Coming to Town. To town. Or, maybe, mm-hmm. or it's that one is my favorite. I am. I just cannot keep them apart. I don't know which one is which. I think it's one big show. It's mm-hmm. just- the characters all look very similar. The big noses and the big round yeah. heads and... And the lots Santa of red hair. The same? Yes. Lots yes. of red hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you guys. I had a real Sophie's Choice on this Sunday night. I mean, my December 18th, 1977 issue. 
I guess I knew what I would have chosen for this, but there were two pretty amazing things going on at the same time. I probably would have chosen the Nancy Drew Mysteries episode for that evening. Oh, about a transient claiming to be St. Nick being mistaken for a thief who commits burglaries in a Santa costume. I remember. Absolutely. Yes. I 100% remember (laughs) this. That sounds so good. It sounds so so good. good. But Kristen, you might have wanted to choose this program that was on a different channel called Mime Dreaming of a White Christmas. Yes, you heard she me right. She was in here now? <laughs> no, this was traditional scenes of the Christmas holiday acted oh out by the Great American Mime Experiment. No. It was a mime troupe, yes. That is the most 70s lineup ever. Nancy Drew Mysteries, St. Nick M- Might Be a Thief. And the mime experience. Yes. I love I mean, it. My, that I love it. screams Wordplay, mime dreaming of a white Christmas. We couldn't have said meme dreaming of a white Christmas because that wouldn't make sense. So no, that have, doesn't make sense. No. Right. No. But my real dilemma would come on December 9th, 1978, when my all-time favorite Rankin-Bass special, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, was up against the Walt Disney World Christmas special. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, know. Carolyn. You guys, this was the special with this all-star stellar list of guests. We had Phyllis Diller, <laughs> Andrea McCardle, you know, Annie. <gasps> Annie. Annie. Danielle Spencer, D from What's Happening. Oh, jeez. Musical guest, Pablo Cruz. <gasps> oh, my God. I can't and wait that. for it. Oh, oh my, my God. Is it going to be Jim And our members? favorite performing duo, Shields and Yarnell. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do we do, ladies? What do and you can't that? tape it. You can't tape it. You can't tape it. You, so here's you have you, to choose. You have to watch that one. Well, here's probably you can watch what the other I think one the I next did. year. You can wait a year. I can't wait a year. No, That's the no, problem. I'm figuring I can see all of these people, maybe not in holiday attire and holiday-ish, but I can see Danielle Spencer. I can watch what's happening. I can listen to Pablo Cruz. Phyllis Diller freaked me out. I'm not going to yeah. be sad yeah. to miss I was scared of Phyllis her. Phyllis Diller mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. scared me. And Shields and Yarnell, I know I could have found them other places. You could find them in Dynamite Magazine. That's right. Yeah. So my reasoning being that I think I would have chosen to tune in to Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Tuesday, Fonzie's bar humbugged by a Christmas surprise from his long-lost dad. I haven't seen him since I was three years old. He sends me a package. Whoa. On happy days, then Laverne and Shirley get into the holiday spirit by helping the less fortunate raise some Christmas cash. Then Karen and Richard Carpenter celebrate Christmas with Christy and Jimmy McNichol, Gene Kelly, and Georgia Engel on the Carpenter special, A Christmas Portrait. Tuesday on ABC. Let's move on to Monday. What you going to be watching, Kristen? Okay, so on Monday, December 22nd, 1975, we have a really good lineup. So I don't have to make a lot of choices. I'm going to watch this whole lineup. I'm just going to tell you all about it. Okay, so this one, Carolyn, has your name written all over it. Okay. This is on at 630 on Channel 9, and it's called Bicentennial Christmas on Campus. And here's the description. The Choir of College of William and Mary makes a caroling tour of historical sites in Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> oh, my God. Just Who's caroling like someone like doing puns and shoes in your nail and while miming. Yes. <laughs> while miming. Just listeners, just so you know. She just peed her pants. Yes. <laughs> Besides peeing in my pants. A little background. I have a dream. <laughs> I have a dream. <laughs> 
Is that I when I will retire to Williamsburg, Virginia? And I will become one of the reenactment actors. And I will be carrying a little basket down the little main street through town. It will have bread in it. And I will have just gone to maybe the, lo- the local bakery. and or I the will- candle store. Yes. And at Christmas time, I've been to Williamsburg at Christmas time, you guys. It's so cool. I can't even explain it. It's so cool. <laughs> Are I you going to be one of those carolers? With well, the- they probably wouldn't let me be a caroler. No, you're right. But no, I could. Right. Oh, maybe I'd be carrying gingerbread in my basket at the holiday time and then i'd be all bundled up they have really cute little like scarves and and all of my yes and the capes oh the The capes i love the capes. oh i would have the capes yes that would be something i'd be tuning into yes yeah that's for you carolyn without a doubt (laughs) (laughs) so then at 7 30 on channel 11 we're gonna watch adam 12 here's the episode of adam 12 A do-gooder causes trouble for the officers with his efforts to transport a Christmas tree to an old folks' home. I love it. See, I I want that show right now. I want it. I want it. And guess what? The do-gooder is played by Marty Ingalls, Shirley Jones' crazy husband. Yes! And remember, in in Sean Cassidy's concert, he talks about how, you know, his mother is the all-American girl, right? Everybody wants Shirley Jones to be their mom. But she has to be a little bit crazy because her husbands were all crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have just one more show to watch, though, on that night, on that Monday night. It's got to be late by now. My parents are letting me stay up late because it's a special Christmas episode of Maud. And so here's the description of Maud. Maud's visiting high school chum and Walter's Christmas party for his employees may add up to trouble. You guys know why, don't you? Maud's friend is a militant feminist, and Walter's guests are rabid male chauvinists. <laughs> Isn't this what all Maud episodes were about? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Throw in a little holiday cheer. Yes. It's yeah. at the Christmas party. So it's Christmas. Merry well, Christmas. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. I also think it's so in character that seven-year-old Kristen is gonna stay up late to watch Maud. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Right? I loved Maude so exactly. much. She's seven years those, old. Yeah, and she had these long vests. It'd be oh, a yeah. vest that went all the way to her ankles. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those are kind of back in style. Yeah, they bit. are a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I'll go get one. Okay, well, my Monday night in 1978 is a no-brainer. It's very easy. Um, at 8 p.m. on CBS, I'm watching a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, um, yes. And I mean, I'll still watch it this Monday night. Yes. But it's up against Little House on the Prairie. However, you guys, that night, oh, it's no. a very Carrie-centered storyline. So it nope. would have been a no-brainer. No. Charlie yeah. Brown, Charlie Brown all the way. And then mm-hmm. at 8.30, twas the night before Christmas. So I'm just going to get a double oh, whammy yeah. okay. of what was What was that one? Yeah, I think it's just a little one. cute cartoon. It's not a Rankin yeah. Bass. Okay. I think it's, it's a just cartoon. a cute little I'm cartoon. I, I feel like I have very vague memories of it. But it's not one that we anticipated in the same way that we did Charlie Brown, which can we just say, is that probably the number one show that we all look forward to? Yeah. And I would say it would be one of those that just really meant to me it's Christmas time. Yeah. So much so like when we were in college and that was on, somebody would have like a watch party in their room. Yes. Oh, that yeah. was yes, on. Absolutely. And when Grinch was on, those were just mainstays. Mm-hmm. Okay. And can I just say in the Oral Roberts Christmases Love Special, at the end, they have this guy in a leisure suit and big sideburns, like big chops down his face, doing the reading of the Christmas story where the angels were sore afraid. And I'm sorry, I don't think anyone can read that and I won't hear Linus. It's like you see the person reading it and it's wrong. There's something wrong about it. (laughs) And you just, they have, they should be having, they should hold a blanket maybe. But when you watch it every year and you, and I don't care if you're 
religious or not, when you watch that part every year, you get choked up. You get it's yeah, his you little voice and it's the mm-hmm. way he says it. And I mean, it will stop traffic. Yeah, because he does it so plainly. Like it's, it's that childlike thing. It's the out of the mouths of babes thing where mm-hmm. the the world is so messed up, but little Linus is telling you how it is. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. He shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. On Monday, December 19, 1977, I can assure you that my whole family was perched around the TV as we watched the Texaco-sponsored Bob Hope Christmas special. That was a no-brainer every year, always, Bob Hope Christmas special. And he always had the greatest guests, like the lineup, Mm -hmm. something for everybody. And that was indeed the case this time. This year, 1977, we've got Olivia (gasps) Newton-John. We've got Mark Hamill. Oh, my God. We've got Perry Como and The Muppets. Oh my gosh! All star lineup. Yes, right. How about that? A list of little. I mean, my sister would have been happy. I'm certainly happy. My parents are happy. We're all happy. Grandma was happy. Yeah, yeah. Grandma mm-hmm. was happy. We all were tuned into that. So that was my Monday choice. We're moving into Tuesday night now. The best part of the night comes at 9 p.m. And I know you ladies are going to agree with me because that's when we get the Carpenter's Christmas special, a Christmas portrait, the one with Jimmy McNichol, Gene Kelly, and Georgia Engel. I feel like you're the winner. I feel like you're the winner of this show. Now, this is the one where they're at their house and listeners go back. I don't know if it's last Christmas or the Christmas before, but we did an actual episode on, and this is part of it, where we dive deep into this Christmas Carpenter's Christmas special. This is the one, I believe, with the funny little, the little yes, magician. On the roof. That's on the roof. Yeah. And, and he's doing- Apropos like, of nothing. He's doing like- the world's worst magic you've ever seen. It's literally like you can see the camera stop and then they give him time to run down into the kitchen and then presto, he appears in the kitchen. And he sprinkles a little dust and he's really creepy. But my favorite part is that like Christy and Jimmy McNichol show up and they're like in matching, um, I believe like green, I think it's like green Mm -hmm. silk shirts. And then Gene Kelly comes in in like a big cape. And then of course, Georgia Engel has to come in because why not? And Georgette you know, one, from Mary Tyler Moore. That is, that's right. And this is also when um, Karen and Richard's parents stopped by. They always kind of made a little appearance. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how cheesy we say, we say it with such love and respect because you guys listening know how much we all love the Carpenters. But it is a, it is a moment in time. Those Carpenters <laughs> Christmas specials yeah, is what they are. Yeah. And they would often do a lot of, um, Karen would start singing maybe at the piano in the living room. Like Richard's like, oh, and then their band members are there. Like oh, all of the a party. sudden around the tree. Yes. I brought my instrument. Yeah. Maybe they start singing around the tree and then all of a sudden it just switches and they're in a big set, you know, and that's kind of magical yeah. too. 
this is just, it's a treasure to behold. I believe it's on YouTube, so you could just go to YouTube and find it. But yeah, mm-hmm. as Carolyn would say, without a doubt, I would be watching <laughs> that. And I'm sure I watched it on December 19th, 1978. Oh, and then in 1980, Tuesday, December 23rd, at 8 p.m., my choices are The Little Drummer Boy, never one no. of my favorites. My husband no. loves it, but it's not a favorite. What? But guess what it's up against and what he's obsessed with, so he would have watched this for sure. John Denver and the Muppets, A Christmas <gasps> Together, which is repeating from Classic. 1979, but who cares? I'll watch yeah. that every year. Still do. Still right. That Drummer Boy was so mm-hmm. dumb. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm him right now. Right. He was just like this. Yeah. Nobody but yeah, cared. so John Denver and the Muppets, easy choice. 100%. Yeah. Well, on December 20th, 1977, we're going to have a little issue at the Rich household, okay? Because Happy Days is showing a rerun of their Christmas episode from 1974, where, and this is what TV, how TV Guide writes it, Fonzie's claims of a bell ringing Christmas don't quite ring true. And I do remember this episode, you guys, it's like Fonzie was telling everyone he was going to have like this big Christmas and I think family was going to be coming and no one needed to okay. worry about him. And he's, oh, because it was a rerun anyway, I would have been arguing with my family. You guys, this show has already been on. We don't have to watch that because even though it might not be a Christmas episode over on CBS, the Fitzpatrick's is on and oh. gosh darn it. I, I'm sorry, you guys. I know it's not Christmas themed, but I'm going to have to watch Jimmy McNichol. Hey man, that's your choice. Clark Brandon on the Fitzpatrick's. That's right. So that was my Tuesday night in 1977. When you overdo the holiday pleasures, Alka Seltzer is a Yuletide treasure. Oh, what a relief it is. Wednesday, which for me is Christmas Eve, you guys. December 24th, 1975. This is my hardest night, I gotta tell you, because we're gonna have to choose at 8 p.m. on at the same time is the Little House on the Prairie Christmas special and Tony Orlando and Dawn Christmas special. Oh my gosh, I know this is that to us. I know, I know. So here's, I'll just I'm going to read you the descriptions, and I'm going to tell you which one I chose. So, Little House on the Prairie says, Short on cash, but long on ingenuity, the members of the Ingalls family hunt for special gifts to celebrate their first Christmas at Plum Creek. Which I'm sure is like rocks and sticks and stuff, right? And then Tony Orlando and Don on Channel 7 says, Carol O'Connor and the 20-member International Children's Choir join Tony and Don for their Christmas show. In comedy spots, Carol plays a grouchy King Blear, a ruler who wants to take Christmas away from his complaining king, and Tony appears as a bumbling magician. What was with magic in the 70s? I I don't understand. Highlighting the hour is a series of Yuletide tunes sung in different languages. Wait, and again with the access. I know. Is it the Lennon <laughs> Lenin sisters again? No, because we only have Dawn. The only, it's only Carol O'Connor, Archie Bunker, and Dawn, which of course is two people. Remember, Dawn is two Dawns. Right. Right. Telma Hopkins right. and the other one. Um, so again, they list the songs, which is Let There Be Peace on Earth. It's a Small World, Jingle Bells, Joy to the World, and this 
piques my curiosity. Nothing from nothing Christmas medley. So that is like, nothing from nothing means nothing. Well, nothing. That's right. You got to have something <laughs> if you want to be with me. You guys, I'm choosing Tony Orlando and Don. Okay. So I know. Kristen. I know, but it's because of the music part of it. Like, I'm always going to be there for the musical performances. I and thought you were going to no... say, it's because of Carol O'Connor. I'm just going to say, that would be that would be the number one reason six-year-old Michelle would not have chosen it. I did not like Archie Bunker. Oh, I loved that. I loved the All in the Family, which, of oh course, we did call Archie Bunker. Yeah, I was big into that show, and I thought he was hilarious. So I think I, think I would have gone with Tony Orlando and Don. Wednesday, December 20th, 1978. I would have watched at 8 o'clock, Merry Christmas, Love, Julie. Jimmy Stewart joins Julie Andrews in a nostalgic look at old-fashioned Christmas celebrations. Cameos by Cass Elliott, Joel Gray, and Carl Reiner. Now, I, at the time, would not have been, you know, I'm only nine. Joel Gray, Cass Elliott, Carl Reiner. I would probably not really know know who those are. It's Julie Andrews for me. I would have been invested because of Julie Andrews. And this is one that I'm going to totally look for on YouTube and see if I can watch it. That sounds... That's- All right, you guys. I would have been pretty bummed on December 13th, 1978, because my only choices um, right there at the beginning of the evening were Frosty's Winter Wonderland, another one of another- these B-grade sequels that's right. where <laughs> Frosty gets married. What? Oh, whatever. The- right? Not necessary. Well, enough alone, people. Get yes. clever. I don't know. Yuck. And then, speaking of yuck, that was followed by probably one of my least favorite Christmas specials right up there next to Little Drummer Boy. And that would be Nestor, the long-eared donkey. Yeah. No. I don't, yeah. No, thank you. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That was not a happy hour for me. Maybe I'm taking my bath and then and all that because <laughs> that, yucky. But back then, I might not have been as excited about this next special. Adult Carolyn can hardly stand it. Perry Como had an early American Christmas special where we relive Christmas in colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> you guys, what is it about Williamsburg? I just, I'm so excited. Especially because you wouldn't just be alone with Perry Como in Williamsburg. He was going to be joined there by John Wayne, <laughs> Diana Canova, who played. Oh God, I loved her. Corrine Tate from Soap, and Miss America 1978. Kylene Barker. Oh, I don't know Kylene. I don't remember. I don't really either. But remember when those Miss Americas would be on all those kind of specials? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I almost have to go back. Did Ky- did Kylene Barker like dress in a cape and some garb from the colonial times? Oh, please. Or Diana Canova? I'll have to go back and look. <laughs> please. If but, they didn't, that would be really disappointing. <laughs> right. It would miss the whole point. Right. Adult Carolyn would definitely be watching Perry Como's early American special, Christmas special. I don't know about Carolyn of, of your. <laughs> Radio Shack makes Christmas dreams come true. This mini phone you gave me will sure be great for the den. Super small size, push button dial with a memory button that automatically redials busy numbers. An extra long 16 foot cord. And it hangs up when you put it down on any flat surface. Besides, we save even more when we own our own phone instead of renting it. And it's on sale for $39.88. Honey, I should have gotten you one for the kitchen. Well, you did. Built and sold only by Radio Shack, your Christmas electronics store. Okay, moving on to Thursday, 
For me, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas! Thursday, December 25th, 1975. If you wake up on Christmas morning, you can watch TV. <laughs> I don't I don't know why anybody would be watching TV on Christmas morning, but you could at 10 a.m. on Channel 4. You could watch, Carolyn, I'm looking at you again. Oh, my goodness. Christmas on Historic Hill. It's a special again, special colon. The Candlelight Carol Service from 250-year-old Trinity Church in Newport, Rhode Island, features members of the congregation dressed in colonial garb. <laughs> guys, I wish you guys could see her yeah, face. She's going to cry. Yeah, she's going to cry. I know that sounds bizarre. I think maybe in another life, that's when I oh. I was very happy as a colonial mom or something. Yeah. I don't know. She was a colonial. That sounds just, like a sitcom. Colonial mom. <laughs> You would be lucky to see at 6 p.m. on Channel 11 the Brady Bunch episode where laryngitis may prevent Carol from singing at the Christmas services. Just you know, to round was, out your holiday. That was such a treat, though, because that was never repeated. It was that, never on. That oh, was such a never. unicorn, yeah. that yeah. episode. And they put it on Christmas, which makes me so happy. Like, somebody actually thought about that. Because sometimes it would happen that they would plop, like other shows, other other reruns you watch after school, and they would plop a Christmas one in there, and you're like, I'm not watching it. I'm right. looking away. I'm looking away. And this, they put it on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Love it. I would have been tuning in. Yeah. We talk a lot about that episode. We talk a lot about that Brady Bunch episode in our either second or third um, podcast yeah. episode ever. Way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on Thursday, December 21st, 1978, there's just one show that I would have chosen, and I kind of got Husker Dude on this one, too. I want to go look it up. It was a Gift of the Magi musical special with Debbie Boone and John Rubenstein. But I feel like when I saw the picture, because there was a little ad, I feel like that that sort of something, some little synapse fired in my brain. So um, listeners, maybe you remember it. I'm not sure. I don't remember the Debbie Boone one, but I definitely remember the made-for-TV movie starring Marie Osmond. And that yep. was one of those things where our whole family had to sit down and watch it and together. Timothy Bottoms. Yes, yes. I Thank you. I could one. not come up with his name. Yes. And I loved that story. All right. Well, on my Thursday, I'm watching the Red Fox Comedy Hour <laughs> on December 22nd, 1977, only because one of my first crushes is making an appearance. And this would be Jim Neighbors. He was the guest on this Christmas focused episode of the Red Fox. Comedy Hour. Red Fox and Jim Neighbors. I mean, yeah. this episode oh, yeah. of the PCPS would not have been complete <laughs> without a mention of Jim Neighbors. That's because right. I was waiting. Christmas special. I was too. waiting. Mm-hmm. Right. And I believe somewhere I have a Christmas album of all Jim Neighbors singing Christmas That's beautiful. In that voice. Ooh, I will tell you guys that. <laughs> Solster Records has a vast collection of Jim Neighbors records. <laughs> I mean, it's Jim Neighbors after Jim Neighbors after Jim. It's somebody must have had a huge collection of Jim Neighbors and then gave it all to Solsta. <laughs> so if you want anything, Carol, you might have to drop in. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Radio Shack makes Christmas dreams come true. This mini phone you gave me will sure be great for the den. Super small size, push button dial with a memory button that automatically redials busy numbers. An extra long 16 foot cord. And it hangs up when you put it down on any flat surface. Besides, we save even more when we own our own phone instead of renting it. And it's on sale for $39.88. Honey, I should have gotten you one for the kitchen. Well, you did. Built and sold only by Radio Shack, your Christmas electronics store.
What are we doing on Friday? My Friday night, December 22nd, 1978, is perhaps my favorite night of all the nights I've had so far. So at 8 p.m., we have the Bob Hope All-Star Christmas Show. And guess who's on it? Andy Gibb, (gasps) Red Skelton, and Dionne Warwick. That's a great show. Mm -hmm. But oh no, it's up against the John Davidson Christmas Show with Harvey Corman and Linda Lavin. (laughs) Alice and Harvey Corman. Now, he doesn't have a the, character. Here's the thing that's really weird. I had to go back and nine-year-old, what would I have chosen? And everyone's going to think, well, obviously you would have chosen Bob Hope because of Andy Gibb and you're nine. And that's, here's the thing. I told you guys this when we interviewed John Davidson. He was my older man crush. He was a magnet. I loved that man. I think I would have chosen the John Davidson Christmas show. Plus I loved Harvey Corman from Carol Burnett mm-hmm. and I loved Alice. So I loved Linda Lavin. Yeah. So I think I would have maybe watched I John Davidson that. as a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then after, at 9 p.m., it's the 1977 repeat episode of Eight is Enough, where Will Gear makes off with the Bradford's presence in Station Wagon. Oh, uh, how oh much no. do you guys love that episode? That is my, probably my favorite Eight is Enough episode. And I bawled forever because of the storyline where Tommy, Tommy finds a book that his mother had purchased before she died. And he discovers, or I guess maybe Abby discovers it and gives it to him. Right. It's but they just, wrap it up and give it to him. Oh, and then he reads the inside to mm-hmm. You guys, I'm not kidding. I remember like <gasps> that kind of crying. <laughs> oh my God. heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My heart. I mean, I loved Willie Ames. He was so sad and, oh. Yes, I could cry now. Mm-hmm. It's one that it's one I think that stuck with many people for that very yep. reason, Carolyn. Yeah. And part right. of it is because of Will Gear. Like we know him as Grandpa Walton. Sure. And so we're already attached to him. Yeah. All right, I'll round it out for you guys. I've got a pretty good Friday night lineup in 1977. I am gonna be starting with the Donnie and Marie Christmas show. Oh. I know. This one was a good one. Well, I think they were all good, let's just say. This included all the family mom and dad, all the brothers. And we've got our little friend Paul Lind is the guest. Oh, so yes, Paul Lind made an appearance. and But I got to say, who cares? Because it was Donnie and Marie and yeah. I was all in. And then I would have rolled right into the 1977 John Denver Rocky Mountain Christmas episode. Oh, I love that one. I do love that one. When they're all sitting around the campfire. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John yes. again. Mm-hmm. Oh. Steve Martin. That's kind of a fun little oh, guess. So fun. And then Valerie Harper. And listeners, we talk about a lot of these shows over the past. Go back to December of 2020, 2021, 2022. Oh, my gosh. We've had three Decembers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my gosh. And we have lots of episodes where we talk about different variety shows. If right now you're screaming going, yeah. I remember those Donnie and Marie ones or the Osmond yeah. family ones. We definitely talk about them in past episodes. You guys, that wraps up our week of holiday programming. And oh my gosh, I think we covered a lot. And I think we yeah, all made pretty good choices. I yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think we would have been fighting over, you know, what channel we were watching if we were Mm-mm. siblings back in the day. We seemed to, and we, what I really love, and maybe it's what really truly bonds us. The ones we didn't like, all of us didn't like, and yeah, we have Nestor. strong feelings about Little yeah. drummer boy. Little whatever. drummer boy. Get the heck out of here. Shiny, Nestor. you're my ass. No. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Frosty gets Frosty, married. Frosty, don't get married. No. no. You don't need a wife. That's right. <laughs> you don't need a wife. She's, you're just going to melt. She's just going to melt. <laughs> <laughs> so this has, you guys, this has solidified something very important to me. 
The holidays can be an overwhelming time because it's just too much sometimes, right? And people always say, just just pare it down. Just pare it down to the most important things. Like, it wouldn't be Christmas without, and then fill in the blank. And I think we're supposed to say family, right? (laughs) But for me, it's TV. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. It just wouldn't be Christmas without the Grinch. It just wouldn't be Christmas without Charlie Brown. And on the one hand... That's so funny, like you're so shallow, Kristen. But on the other hand, some of these shows are what we grew up with every single year during our prime Christmas years when Christmas really was the most precious because we were children, right? So it's not far-fetched at all for me to say it just wouldn't be Christmas without this 22 minutes of entertainment that I've watched literally every single year of my life. It makes perfect sense, and I'm going to own it. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. We wish you all a very merry holiday television schedule. This episode was brought to you by our supporters on Patreon and our donors on PayPal. Thank you to Kelly, Sharon, Susan, Barbara, Elaine, Charles, Linda, Helene, Teresa, and Barb. And now it is time to raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of the cast of Three's Company. Two good times. Two happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. 